0: I um, I remember it being you know the whole whole process of knowing that we're leaving being the easiest hard thing I think I've ever done. Um, th- there was there was nothing that wasn't hard about it. You know it was just you know the, the, my my lifelong friends you know for 23 years you know th- they were there. Um, th- the, the the students the the you know just. The, the The people leaving that was was really hard, and but knowing that this is what the Lord has really gave me a, 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 a calmness, a confidence that okay, this this is what has to happen. Um,
1: and I think that that came back a lot of times. You know, when we were struggling,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I know for we would often say, but we know God moved us, you know, and I think the Lord really made it so clear to us because he knew what was coming. Yeah. And I think he just made it just, just, you know, just so obvious so that when that struggle would come and we would start to really question, what did you do God? Um, we always came back to but we know he moved us.
0: Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty and I'm your host. Today we have a what I consider to be a special episode because my guests consist of my family. And just so you know, this is our third attempt to get this started because as family it's a little bit chaotic, <laughs> but uh, it's that it makes it even uh, more fun. But anyway, at the table, we're sitting at our dining room table. We have Arlene, my wife, and then our oldest daughter Lauren, and youngest daughter Madeline, along with her husband Tylen. And uh, so, the reason I've asked them to come is because uh, we've you know those of you who are who know us who've been kind of walking uh, through some things with us, you know that. About eight years ago, after being on uh, staff at his hill for 23 years, uh, not having a I mean, my plan was just stay there till I die. It was my dream job. I didn't want to go anywhere. I uh, I figured if, if you know if I get old, if, you know they'll just have to find something to, to to do with me, take care of me some kind of way. And uh, then there's a graveyard there on the property. So if uh, if I die, then that's taken care of as well. <laughs> And uh, just, you know, I was, I was content and happy and, but something came up. My dad got sick. Uh, He uh, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's and uh, Arlene and I just both sensed that the Lord was wanting us to go home and help my family take care of my dad. And after we got there uh, about six months into it, uh, my mom ended up uh, having chronic kidney failure. And so she was on dialysis uh, at first for three times three times a week, and uh, she ended up being um, okay. Now you're hearing the dog bark in the background. There's going to be all kinds of weird stuff that happens in this one because we're doing this in the house. <laughs> this is just life as it as it is. But uh, again, mom got uh, mom got sick, and we ended up having to spend more time uh, taking care of her really than than uh, than for a while anyway than physically having to take care of my dad. So, um, so there was, it was an interesting time there. Mom passed away in 2020, June 1st. And then dad passed away, um, April the 5th, and this is the 27th, so it's very fresh on our minds, which is why I thought it would be a good time for us to uh, go ahead and talk about it while while we have these thoughts. So anyway, uh, the family's here at the dining room table with me. Hi, guys. Welcome here. Hi. Hello. Hey. <laughs> um, you know, I, I appreciate you doing this. I know it's not a, a necessarily an easy thing for you, um, but uh, so... So, again, I, I really appreciate it, you know, you being willing to sit down and talk it through with me. Uh, let's just start off with something maybe a little easy. Uh, let, let's just share some of um, our favorite memories of Grandma and Grandpa. Um, if anybody wants to go first, you can. If not, I'll go. Anybody wanting to go? Nope. Okay. You go. Okay, I go. All right. Well, uh, okay. Okay. My mom, dad gave mom a nickname when they first got married. He called her Sweet Marie, and uh, you know it was there was a reason why he did it. and That's because she was very sweet. Uh, she was always in my corner. She was always uh, you know cheering me on. Uh, she could you know if, if she could just tell by you know I walk in the just walk in the room she she'd know that something went right. and Just ask me what's what's wrong, and uh, she I, I think she could she could sense what was going on even different parts of the house. Uh, one of the stories I've told that Tylan loves to hear, and he laughs about a lot, was when I was uh, when I was a teenager, getting ready for high school one day, I'm just sitting there getting dressed. I have one leg in my pants, just sitting on my bed upstairs, and I hear my mom say, Gally? And I'd say, yeah, Mom. And she'd just say, put the other leg in. <laughs> just How she knew, I don't know. That uh, I, I was a slow mover in the morning, so she had lots of years to get used to that. But I remember Mom, uh, you know, leading a Bible study one time in the house. I walked into that living room, and Mom had the living room full of young ladies, and she's leading a Bible study. You know, she, was, uh, she, she had a deep walk with the Lord that a lot of people didn't know about because she didn't have the opportunity or the platform to, uh, to, to talk about that a lot. But uh, you know, those last few years, I had some really neat conversations with her, and, and those are favorite memories of mine. My dad My dad was uh, the life of the party. Everywhere that man went, he ended up being the popular one in the room, including when he went, when we had him in uh, assisted living in Louisiana, and then later moved him out here and he was in private, a private home uh, with, a, with a Christian family in the area. and they called him Uncle Phil. Uh, the man was always popular everywhere he went. And, uh, but uh, my, some of my memories, just sitting around the dining room table, which is the very table we're sitting at now uh, for this podcast, uh, Dad would just, Dad was so funny. I can remember times when I would just be crying laughing because of what he was doing, how he was cutting up. But at the same time, Dad, I have early memories of Dad being in the Word Reading and and, you know and uh, and and taking it so seriously and wanting to respond to the Lord and what he was what he was hearing the Lord say to his heart and so that was um, those are just some of my memories. How about you guys? Any memories from Grandma and Grandpa? I'll
2: go. Go, Madeline. We're probably going to talk over each other.
3: (laughs) Well, Grandma and Grandpa were. A really big part of our life even before we moved to Louisiana. Louisiana was just six years and we visited quite often and they came to the hill all the time. Um, I feel like maybe some of the stories are only funny if you know them but I have a very specific memory with my grandpa and this kind of I feel like it explains his character and how he was. Lauren and I were the only granddaughters. There's five grandkids and then there's three boys, two girls and He was very sweet and loved us, but he was also kind of intense and a very, like, um, a harder man to get to know relationally for us as kids. And I have one memory of, it was Christmas, and we were there for Christmas, Louisiana, and it's Christmas Eve, and my grandpa still didn't have a present for my grandma for Christmas, and he was already starting to show some signs of dementia but he was still driving and I was chosen to go with him to the store to find something for grandma and so we went into this little department store that was in town and he found this outfit that he wanted to give her he had no idea what size she was but he just bought whatever was there and they put it in a garment bag in a department store and so it was like technically wrapped I guess (laughs) and just like a clear plastic garment bag and it was also a bit of like scary driving with him at that point in time like more funny scary because things were just kind of starting and I don't I don't know it probably wasn't safe I don't know why you guys let me go with him but (laughs) (laughs) I we went we picked out the outfit and came home and then the next day for Christmas everybody passed out their gifts And he was the last to go and not even, it wasn't even like, oh, grandpa, like, are you going to give your gift to grandma? Everybody was kind of done. And I think she had just assumed he doesn't have a gift for me. And and then he like goes into the closet, pulls out this clear plastic garment bag with an outfit in it and just like throws it on her lap and says, Merry Christmas. (laughs) And she just laughed her head off because I think it was very expected he was very sweet and loved her, and he was very good to her, but he also did things that were in his own special little <laughs> fill way. But we had fun together. I enjoyed that day with him. That's actually probably one of my last memories with him before he started to forget things. Mm. And so it's like a happy, sad memory. But I wasn't very old then either. I want to say I was like 14 years old when that – happen
0: yeah that's your memory at 14 I had a lifetime of grandpa wrapping gifts like that yeah but uh, you know he always wanted to give something he just never was into the
3: (coughs) production yeah 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 well and he would give Lauren and I gifts just randomly throughout the year they were good ones he would give us $100 bills just randomly (laughs) he would just like give us a $100 bill or when iPods had just yeah. become a thing, and which feels like a million years ago, but we hardly even knew what they were. And Lauren and I were talking about these iPods at the dinner table, and I was like, oh, I really want one. It's, you know, portable. You can listen to music. And Grandpa heard us talking about it, and the next day he told my dad, I want to get the girls those e-pods. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so after church, he took us to Walmart, and we got our first little e-pods. iPods. Or yeah. e-pods. <laughs> our e-pods yeah. So he would give us money and he was very generous and that's how he i think showed his love to us and cared for us was in giving us those types of things and caring for us. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and grandma was similar just in some different ways, but she she was always um I guess I would say she was more relational as we were little and um Her big thing was she, as we got older, her big thing was, oh, come and sit down. Mm -hmm. We'd walk in the door and she'd just, oh, come sit down. We would be there for like 30 seconds and we would just really quick. All we needed to do was just, you know, pop over quick and ask a question. And she wanted us to sit down and we would just be like, oh, oh, well, okay. And we'd sit down. it ended up being a really great time because she wanted to just chat with us, catch up. um, But yeah, she was more of the, like, let's catch up, let's talk, or let's go shopping, mm-hmm. let's go buy some stuff, let's go, let's go out to eat, let's go to Olive Garden, her favorite place. Yeah.
0: Mm. And, you know, just so people understand, too, when you say just pop in, we, we lived all of 15 steps away from her. Yeah. Yeah, we, when we moved to Louisiana, mom and dad, grandma and grandpa gave us their house, and we built a guest house in the back, and that's where, that's where they lived, it was a very nice house, but... uh that's, that's why, you know, you, we, we would just pop in for 30 seconds because, you know, you just wanted to check on something and come back. And she always did, didn't she? She always wanted us to, well, sit down.
2: Mm-hmm. She also mm-hmm. really liked to giggle. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so if you had a story, I, that was maybe one of my favorite things, was mm-hmm. I just love to tell her a story because she'd sit there and she'd giggle and she would giggle so hard and she'd like kind of close her eyes and she would just like, it was just the best moment like Mm. she'd be so happy to just be there with you and just
3: laugh and
4: and what would she always say it would make it even funnier she'd always say just get so tickled yeah (laughs) that's what she would always say
3: well even the story i just told about grandpa we would tell that story often and that would make her laugh so hard she thought it was so funny yeah
0: yeah she loved to talk about things that happened yeah yeah Yeah. she liked to reminisce yeah she did and she would just laugh she wanted to laugh and you know and phil dad grandpa gave us a lot to laugh at Mm
3: -hmm.
0: yeah even
2: even in alzheimer's
0: yeah even in his alzheimer's his humor is something he never did lose yeah yeah Yeah, that was something that was fun arlene
1: oh well i was just thinking how she made me feel like the best stand-up comedian that there (laughs) even possibly could she would always say you're so funny (laughs) and it would just make me feel like A rock star, even though I knew I was just, like, not. But it was always, she just had a way of making you feel really good Mm
0: -hmm.
1: about who you are. You know, she just loved being with you. Mm -hmm. And that was like that from the very beginning uh, when I first met.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she, you know, she loved, she loved all, all of us. You know, she loved you girls and Arlene, she loved you hard. You know, you were... You were the, you know, you and, and Auntie Betsy, y'all were the girls, and uh, and she was always, <laughs> she was always wanting to, to to just be involved in in your lives. The girl, I can remember the girls, uh, playing with her jewelry, uh, her expensive jewelry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> she loved jewelry.
0: Yeah, and and then she ended up telling, she told y'all that she wanted you to have it.
3: Oh, we were just little kids, and she was like. One day when I'm gone, this is all yours. And we, I remember Lauren and I looking at her like, oh my goodness. Like, we're just little kids. Why are you talking about one day when you're gone? We couldn't even fathom that. But... Well, she would always laugh
2: and she'd say, oh, look, I added something to your jewelry collection. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, that was very important to her that it was ours. But she was very sweet. She worried a lot. She was a worrier. Yeah, she was. But mm-hmm. um, I know that she... Learned a lot through her worrying because I can worry, and she really saw that in me at a young age. Our parents were in um, England every four years. All the staff from the Torchbearer Centers, they meet, and they have a conference in England, and that's where Mom and Dad were. And Grandma and Grandpa would always take care of us during that time. Um, And we were, Lauren and I were in Louisiana with them, and I was very homesick. I think I was eight years old. Um, I was very homesick. I wanted mom and dad to come home. I wanted to go back to Texas. And I was worrying a lot. And grandma just came to me and she just looked straight in my eyes and she's like, Madeline, worrying is a sin. Like, and you need to trust in the Lord and give your worries to him. And I know that she was speaking from her own experience because she did worry a lot. But I also knew that she prayed for us a lot. And she really worried when we took road trips or when we traveled or when we went anywhere. Walked out Um, the door. (laughs) Walked out the door. I think that (laughs) concerned her. But I also knew that she was praying for us. When I was quite young, they were visiting and we were at church. And she had forgotten her Bible. And she was using my Bible and I guess she, maybe she forgot she was using mine. I don't know. But she was a big note taker. And <laughs> she just took all her notes in my Bible. And she wrote it all out in my, but I still have it. It's one of my, like, kids' Bibles. And I still have mm. all of her notes mm. um, written in there. And I knew that she really loved the Lord. And that always impacted me. Both of them did, mm. with their love for the Lord. and
0: Wow, yeah. I'd like it to was, see those notes. That's all I
3: have to yeah. It was just a different relationship, yeah, with
2: Grandma yeah. and Grandpa.
0: Yeah, it where, was. Where
2: Grandma was um, more of the talker, I guess, with us girls. Grandpa was more of the doer,
0: yeah. more
2: action. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, uh, Tylan, you came into the situation later than us, obviously. <laughs> but uh, you came into it at a, a really interesting time. You guys got married... And, uh, was it 2014 or 2015, 2015, November of 2015. So we had been there for about a year and then you came into this situation with a grandmother with uh, with chronic kidney failure, a grandfather with Alzheimer's and, uh, and you couldn't, um, you couldn't work because you're Canadian and, and you had, you know, you'd come in, you had to wait a while before you got all your paperwork done and, um, but now you're good. You're legal. We want everybody to know that.
3: <laughs> he was legal when he came I, in.
4: Yes, yes. Yeah, By I, the way. I think when I came, <laughs> your mom, well, you guys were up in Canada to pick me up. And I was going to drive back with Madeline, Madeline and Lauren to um, to move down. And I think while you guys were there, you found out about your mom That's right. having chronic kidney failure. Mm. So it was shortly after I moved down that um, your mom was having to go to dialysis three times a week at like right it was like four or 5 a.m it was early and I couldn't work so I was able to head over to their house and watch Phil more just hang out with Phil at that point um, contain him contain him <laughs> I, well he was pretty he was pretty containable if you got he you know he liked history shows and Netflix yeah. and stuff but we had a shared bond of candy so right away we we hit it off because we would just eat candy and I remember one of the first nights I was there Kelly was um watching I think you were teaching in Colorado and I was sitting with your dad they had like a living room kind of in the hallway almost and it was just for him yeah yeah. and so I remember sitting in there with him and we were watching a football game I think the Saints were playing and it was like 10 o'clock and he was still sitting there watching it with me eating this candy and I didn't think anything of it and I just remember Marie um your mom came over with Arlene and they were so surprised that he was still awake because he usually went to bed at like 7:38 o'clock. Mm. But I think because I had come there and at least at first he knew who I was. Yeah. He knew that I had married in and I was from Abbotsford and he could kind of he p- could put that together and I think that he just wanted to spend time yeah. with me. Um and so we had, you know, he, your dad was a very funny person he always was very quick even right till the end never always had a quick remark or if you had a quick remark for him he would pick it up he knew what you were saying and so um we got along really well and we had a you know it was a special time during that time too like shortly after i moved in january my grandfather passed away in canada and as far as um the quick wit and you know being a very generous person but also um kind of a no-nonsense, my grandfather was very similar in that way. Um, And so, you know, looking back on it, I can just see, and I wasn't able to go to my grandfather's funeral, um, Mm. but I remember finding out it was really early in the morning and I was actually with him, and it was just him and I. Um, And so, you know, it was just kind of, I'm not going to say he took the place, but it was just kind of another figure in that sense. Yeah, Um, right. And then your mom, I think the first time I met her, I was at Bible school, and for a missions trip, we went to Louisiana to work at a church there, and all of us guys got... It rained really hard one day, I think, so we all got covered in mud, and all of our clothes were wrecked, and your mom, she wanted to have all the guys over to wash all their clothes and let them watch football, and not everyone ended up going to all different places, but I think there was a group of 10 of us or so that went to their house, Um, and so... I got to meet your mom then before Mal and I were in a relationship. Okay. I think we were interested in each other. Yeah, <laughs> probably were. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and I think your dad, um, he wanted to come up and watch the football too. And I remember they had <laughs> stairs that had no railing. And so I think somebody helped them up there because it, it was kind of a sketchy. Yeah, you and I
0: actually built the rails for that. Yeah. yeah. And
4: so we kind of helped. Helped him up there, and he just wanted to be with all the kids and just kind of hang out and be with everybody. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure, I don't totally remember, but I'm sure Marie was cooking food for us and yeah. all kinds of stuff.
3: He really liked that age group of people, mm-hmm. like 18, 19.
0: Yeah. yeah. Whenever Grandma and Grandpa would come out to the hill, which would be four or five times a year, right? if not more, you know, Grandpa would always get up in the morning go have breakfast with the students. Yep. And, you know, the, everybody knew who, who Grandpa was. And, you know, he was, you know, Lauren has told stories. And I think both of you have told stories about Grandpa coming in while you were students. And it, it, he didn't even know the definition of shy, you know. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was always.
2: Almost <laughs> more embarrassing for the rest of us
5: <laughs> than for Much him. to Lauren's dismay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he would just come in and start talking to people. And, yeah. and, uh, and people loved him. You know, they, 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 you know, they, they were very accepting of Dad. And grandma too. yeah yeah grandma too yeah okay uh, yeah, but with that I can remember grandma just watching students and getting getting tickled uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you know over things that they would do and, and uh, she just enjoyed being there around them um, okay so now in in 2014 this you know things changed uh, all of a sudden I mean you know Arlene and I felt like this is what the Lord would have us do. Had So we moved the, the day after summer camp, 2014. And uh, so I remember Arlene and I coming. We had been out to visit mom and dad, and we're driving back. I can remember we were on Interstate 10 just before you get into uh, Lake Charles. And I just said, you know, Arlene, because we were trying to, you know, we were just going through that process of making the decision, should we go or not? And I remember just saying to, to Arlene, you know, I think this whole move is about my dad. And Arlene, you responded with, yes, I do, too. And it was right there at that moment we knew that we were going to be moving. Um, so we came home and, uh, you know, we let you guys know what was going on. I'm just curious uh, with, you know, with us, uh, any of us, you know, what was uh, what were some of your thoughts in, you know, knowing that we're leaving? his hill after being there for 23 years and you girls for your whole life. Mm
2: -hmm. Well, I don't know if it was necessarily, um, it for Madeline and I specifically, we were at a place in our life where we were, um, we were looking at moving on. I knew that I wasn't going to live at his hill for the rest of my life. And so that was more mom and dad's, um, place. And so I guess I I was already in a place in my brain where I knew that this wasn't going to be forever. Like you were saying, you're going to be buried at the hill. I knew that I was probably going to need to move on from the hill. (laughs) I was at that point. (laughs) So um, it was probably weirder to wrap my head around the fact that home wouldn't be his hill.
0: Yeah,
2: like So when holidays would come, I wouldn't go home to his hill. But um, for me personally, I already was kind of
3: expecting to not live at his hill forever. But I think yeah, I I agree. I felt the same way. But I remember when mom and dad first talked to us about it because there had been other times where you guys were like, "Oh, like we've you had a job opportunity somewhere else." And Lauren and I flipped out like we were <laughs> we were young and totally freaking out like you're going to take us away from this wonderful place and obviously that never happened. And then we were a little bit older, But I really think, and we talked about this a lot as the years went on, but I think we just felt peace immediately because I really felt it was what the Lord was doing, that he was bringing our family or my parents to Louisiana, and Lauren and I ended up going as well. But we just felt peace with it, and that peace continued throughout our time in Louisiana even through the struggles and the trials, which I don't know if we're going to get to, but we always felt peace and we knew that it's where the Lord was bringing us. Mm -hmm. And I think Lauren and I didn't want to stand in the way of that. If the Lord is bringing you to take care of your parents, we wanted you guys to do that. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. And then we would figure out where we were going from there. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. And I think part of us going, just knowing that you guys were coming with us was, I think, softened the blow for us a little bit. Um, Arlene what was what went through your mind?
1: You know, in all honesty, I I don't really remember. Mm. I know we had 8 months to prepare for it and I just remember doing a lot of work like getting yeah, prepared did, for it know. like we had our whole life was there and we were going through every little piece of our life and i was getting rid of so much stuff i mean there were baby clothes there was there was so much stuff i hadn't gone through mm. because i didn't have to and now all of a sudden i had to and i'm like i'm not taking all this with us so i just started um in a lot of ways i think <laughs> i guess you know phil and i were more alike than what maybe i would realize that i'm a doer too so i just went about doing And so I just went to the next thing and I did. And I did that for eight months. You know, I just did what I had to do. And even after we moved, I just remember moving boxes for about a month (laughs) up and downstairs and in and out of trailers and in a monsoon season. And, you know, I mean, I guess it's just the way I made up. I just do. And so I didn't. I don't really remember doing a lot of thinking. Uh-huh. I do remember doing a lot of doing, which is kind of characteristic of me. But okay. um, I also know, though, that, you know, the actual leaving of his hill was brutal. I mean, that's what I do remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember it being busy, busy, lots going on, you know, going through camp, doing all the, and then all of the lasts. Mm-hmm. There were just so many lasts. And the closer it got, the more... Um, I think intense. I'm really emotional <laughs> talking about all this stuff.
3: I, we haven't talked about I it in a long time.
1: Yeah. And I'm sorry, I feel a little unprepared, I guess, mm. for how emotional I am about your parents and what they mean to me mm. and how his hill fits in His hill was such a huge part of mom and dad's life. And we were the ones who were blessed to have them come to visit us at their best. Like, they were on holidays. They were, they had left, you know, wherever they, whatever they were doing, they came to be with us and they would stay with us. And we just had the best times. You know, we got them, we just got them at their
0: best. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And His Hill was just such a special place for them.
0: Well, they were here so much that they had their own cabin.
1: They did. And I know a lot of you students would probably remember that. And Marie would sit on her back patio with her coffee, and she'd watch these campers go off the, um, the,
0: leap, of the faith. leap of
1: faith and climb on the tower. And it was just, she just loved it. And And His Hill was just, she told us, she says, this is where... Like she would come for thanks. they would come for Thanksgiving conference and she would just say, I go once a year to get fed, mm. you know, and this was just a special, special place. So I think wrapped up in all of that, and we were talking about it the other day, how, you know, the last time Marie and Phil came out here was before we left and they never came back to it after that, yeah. after we were away from the Hill. So it really ended for us a lot of um a lot of a lot of their life with his hill like everything just kind of stopped at that yeah. moment in 2014 and mm-hmm. and I think that was always hard for your mom cuz I know she really always wanted to go back for Thanksgiving conference again. Yeah. But it just never really worked out after that cuz of dad but and her and her she yeah she was she suffering she wasn't able to yeah. go
3: with dialysis and stuff.
1: And I think those you know that was just The beginning of those six years um, was the beginning of their hardest years of their lives. Mm -hmm. And we um, were walking through it with them. And it wasn't always pretty for any of us, really. Mm -hmm. It was, you know, when you think about somebody going through a really hard time when they're really sick, um, people that are around them suffer too. I think that's just the way it goes. And so that's what we were walking into, but we didn't know it. Mm. And I didn't know it. I really didn't know it because I was just doing. Mm. <laughs> so you asked me the question, you know, what was going through my mind? Well, I was just doing the next thing. And then we got out there and kept doing the next thing.
0: I, um, I remember it being, you know, the whole, whole process of knowing that we're leaving being the easiest hard thing i think i've ever done um th- there was there was nothing that wasn't hard about it you know it was just you know the, the, my my lifelong friends you know for 23 years you know th- they were there um th- the, the the students the the you know just the, the the people leaving that was was really hard and but knowing that this is what the lord has really gave me uh a, a, a calmness, a confidence that, okay, this this is what has to happen. Um,
1: and I think that that came back a lot of times, you know, when we were struggling
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I know for, we would often say, but we know God moved us, you know, and I think the Lord really made it so clear to yeah. us because he knew what was coming and i think he just made it just just demo- you know just so obvious so that when that struggle would come and we would start to really question what did you do god um we always came back to but we know he moved us
0: yeah yeah and i guess that kind of segues into the you know our, our next you know topic is that you know what were what, what what were some of the hard things about the time there in Louisiana? And uh, if, for me, just what you were talking about is that there were, you, you know, you know, when you go to something, you know, if you've done it enough, when you go to something else, you know, it's never going to be what you think it's going to be. And so I, I knew that. And I thought I was prepared for that until I got there. And, um, and I was nowhere near prepared. Um, and that, that question came to mind a lot over the six years that we were there is, you know, did did I make a mistake in taking us out there? And that would always come back. And then, Arlene, you and I would talk about it a lot and remind each other, no, we know that this is what the Lord has. And uh, and that was always a comfort. It was always an encouragement for us. Um but for me, one of the hard things was, you know, I, I left. I had been in vocational ministry since I graduated from college in uh, 1988. And all of a sudden now, you know, a paycheck was going to have to come from some other way. And, uh, you know, we had some plans going out there and it, it didn't work out. The economy collapsed uh, because Louisiana is solely dependent on oil. Their, their, their budget for the state government is, depends on the, the price of oil per barrel, and they have to guess what that's going to be in order to have their budget set. And uh, so when the oil prices dropped in uh, late 19, uh, uh, 2014, uh, the economy collapsed, and to this day it hasn't come back. Um, so that threw everything into a tailspin. Um and it, it, it took us, oh my goodness, it probably took us four years of the six years before we started to get some footing as to what, you know, what I was going to be doing really to, to make a living. And uh, so that, you know, that really threw me for a loop. And, and talking with men since then, you know, I've come to realize that I think the way the man is made up, in Thailand. maybe you can, if you feel like you can speak to this too, but... There's something about the way the man is made up is that that's that's a major way in how we walk with the Lord, how the Lord works in our heart. It's just how, you know, what we're doing, you know, as a, as a living, as as, as income. Uh, it, you know, we can make too much out of that and, and, and end up worshiping that. But I think, you know, that's, that's a big part of how our makeup is and, you know, that, that we find that we have to trust the Lord for things. You know, we have a family business now, which is what, you know, started in louisiana really uh we we started kind of here but before we moved but we really got to go in there because we had to do something um and uh but but just knowing that you know that that the that we have to trust the lord uh for for our our daily needs and for our provision of things and And that was a big thing for me, you know, that was, you know, really hard. I mean, because I remember from my first just private devotion when we got to Louisiana throughout six years, God clearly asking me the question, am I sovereign? Can I handle this then? And I'm saying yes to all of this. This is on a daily basis. And then just the Lord speaking in my heart, then let me do it. And live the very thing that you've been teaching for 23 years if i'm your life let me live trust me and uh and, and you know so i can i i benefited though it, it was it it was hard it was in the trenches <laughs> but but the lord was working and stretching me all six of those years um so i don't did you want to say something to that
4: I was just going to say i I can identify with that just I, like I said, I guess as a male, I would assume males struggle with it more, but just that idea of providing and even getting married and providing and what does that look like? And I, I know I struggled because I had a job in Louisiana was doing electrical and air condition and I couldn't see a long-term future working in the company that I was, but I just kept feeling like the Lord was telling me to stay there. Even though I could have gone somewhere else and made more money and probably progressed um, just um, in the work field and, you know, getting raises, more um, responsibility and things like that. But I just never felt like that's what the Lord was doing. And looking back, I can see why that was and how he did that. But it's hard in the moment to trust the Lord with that. You know, I think it's easy to go by our common sense and you know, and just that's what you're supposed to do, but that's that's not really how we're designed. Mm. And, you know, sometimes trusting the Lord, it's, it's usually harder in the sense of you're trusting the Lord and, you know, whatever that may be. But ultimately, we know that it's going to be more beneficial for us and that it He has our good in mind rather than us trying to do what we think is best and, and in our own understanding. Mm. Um, and so ultimately it is for our good and it does turn out better but in the moment it's easier to just do common sense and if you're wrong you did what made sense mm. instead of doing what the lord does and even if it seems like it's wrong it's still what the lord's doing it doesn't mean you made a mistake there's plenty of examples in the bible of people that just have really hard times in life but they're still trusting the lord and they're still in his will right and i think as a male especially in today's society it's just like you got to make as much money as you can and Mm. be as successful as you can in, instead of saying what is the lord doing here yeah maybe it's making less money or maybe it's I, whatever it may be not yeah. that one's right or wrong right
0: yeah yeah i appreciate that and and i think both of us would say that we were stretched in that you know because uh we were you know we had to step out and s- <laughs> from time to time in ways that just weren't, wasn't comfortable but we believe this is what the lord was doing and uh and it was, uh, it, 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 you know, I'm so thankful for that. You know, looking back on it, I'm really thankful for that. You, know, you and I got to do a lot of work together, and, and those were, you know, those are good memories. Yeah. You know, we, uh, you know, the, the, the alumni probably really freak out when they find out that I, I, I ended up flipping houses. You know, Tylan and I were, you know, we worked with my, my brother uh, on some some construction stuff, and then we ended up flipping a house, all of us together, and then you and I went off and did it on our own, and, uh, you know, we had to, I mean, I look back on it now, and some of that, that's just hilarious, some of the stuff we got into, because, you know, we, we bought a house that had been, completely damaged by fire.
4: I was going to say, people probably don't realize how gross <laughs> these homes were. Like, I'm not... This isn't like, you know, a little bit of paint and baseboards. These, like, a fire. It was... Complete gut job. They were pretty nasty. It was, it was awful. It was
1: home. awful. The one house was the cat house. I think the lady remember? had, like... Didn't she have, like, 100 cats? It was awful. I don't
4: it was, know.
0: They Yeah, the neighbors said that it smelled so bad they, <laughs> they could smell it halfway into the yard. Yeah.
4: Well, do you remember when you went into the house... In all the rooms, it was like, oh, this carpet's like a really dark gray color. (laughs) And then you went into the master, and there was where the master bed was. And it had boxes underneath, I think. And it was like, no, this carpet's blue. (laughs) And it smelled gross When we looked at it, we just ran through the house. (laughs) But but I'm just saying, like, these homes were disgusting. They were the homes nobody wanted. Like, when you buy a home, you know, for $50,000... Yeah, it's gonna look like it cost fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. Yeah,
1: but we, man, was the w- did they look good when you guys got finished? Oh, that,
0: it was yeah. so rewarding. Yeah, I don't it, know
4: what they look like now. Yeah, <laughs> looked- <Some people laughs> asked me, "How did that turn out?" I'm like, "I don't know. We <laughs> sold it. <laughs> when we walked away. It looked good." Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah I. Yeah, I there was the the, uh, the one house that you know we. The, the fire damage. You know, we walked in there. I remember you and I just ripping drywall out of there, just black drywall. And then we get down to the wood and we, oh my goodness, there's termites. <laughs> and we had to, we had to replace so much of that house. Practically you know?
3: rebuilt that house. Yeah,
0: that was, but that was a incredible experience though. We learned a lot and, and the Lord took care of us with it. And, and, uh, and, and that was part of what we're talking about. You know, you, you, you step out with what the Lord's laying before you. And watch him take care of you. Watch him take care of these things. And, and it was, you know, it, it was something I would never want to, you know, exchange. You know, uh, to, to lose the, the benefit of what he did in our heart. Just showing us that I'll take care of you. Trust me. Pick up the hammer. Trust me.
2: Well, and I think that that also played in my life, too. Because um, I went a number of years with Adele when you guys were flipping these homes.
0: Let's um, just m- let me stop for just a second to explain well, yeah. to people. Adele is, uh, an- oh yeah. <laughs> Okay, she didn't mean to do this, but I'm gonna have to explain it. It's uh, w- this isn't a commercial, but that <laughs> Adele is our family. Use business. code. It's a
5: sponsor <laughs> of this podcast. Is a sponsor of
2: this Come podcast.
5: We, yeah,
0: that was
2: not my intention. We have a, we
0: have an all natural makeup company called Adele Natural Cosmetics. So I, I wasn't gonna talk about that, but since Lauren brought up Adele, I felt like I needed to explain it. So anyway, that's that's what. We, okay, go ahead.
2: Well, I was just gonna blow through it, but you know. <laughs> not pause on that but well i didn't want people um, thinking that
0: when you say girl okay. you're talking about the singer oh
2: yeah well i guess <laughs> so well now i'm confused I don't know what <laughs> I was saying. and
3: watching them flip the home. oh
2: yeah so at that time i was trying to figure out what to do with my life too yeah so that was career that was school that was what what am i gonna do now and um Adele really it it came up and it was a part of our life um at that time and I really felt like the Lord was telling me that I that was where I needed to be I needed to be helping mom and dad with grandma and grandpa and working with this company and I didn't get paid for years I was just there and I just but I felt like the Lord had me just working there and um I could see the provision like you were saying of him taking care of me because I I honestly don't know why my bank account didn't really change mm. at all those years but um I was taken care of and I was provided for mm. for that time and I knew that it was what the Lord was doing.
0: Oh well, that was that whole situation was a real blessing mom and me too because you know lauren did you know she worked for like she said years without pay and she was i actually offered a position at his hill during that time and uh you know you would think that automatically that's what you would have wanted to do but i remember you just telling charlie that you really believe that the lord would have you there with us helping and and uh and and that was a real ministry to me. That you know that was not the easy path to take, and uh, and that you know that was an example to me at that time. You know, with what I was going through, to watch my daughter say yes to Jesus. This is what this is what He has. I trust you, and to to, to walk that path with Him.
2: Now that decision, I will say, was also very hard because I did think that my dream at that time was to go back to his hill because living in Louisiana was um, not, it was kind of like what you said, you don't, whatever you're expecting, like don't expect it to mm-hmm. be the same. And I missed his hill and anything that I had known growing up. And so I, I would have uh, always imagined that I would have said yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But um, when it actually came down to being asked to come on staff, I I knew that that was not what the Lord wanted me to do. And that was a really hard thing to do mm. and say no. Mm. Um, but I also had peace with that decision yeah. and with saying that.
0: Well, that, like I said, that was an incredible example to me. I appreciate that very much. And uh, with
1: that, seeing the monthly provision of the Lord, you know, um, Lauren and I were doing the, ma- Majority of Adele work back then. Madeline came on just a little bit later, but we were Adele was paying bills, and we had a a number that needed to be met each month. And you were keeping track. Every yeah, the
2: last day I would just be sitting there, and I'm like, Oh, are I don't we know. gonna? Make I don't know it. if we're gonna make it this month, and then we would just barely make it over, and so. Yeah, there was a minimum that we needed, and minimum was always, and it was amazing.
1: Yeah, so Mm -hmm. Lauren and I were just blessed to really be able to watch that, especially you. And then you would always report in Mm -hmm. to me, Mom. We 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 made it, and we went a little over. We can pay all our bills, you know. And so, and you know that
0: was that was a huge thing because Tylen and I wouldn't get paid (coughs) (laughs) until until we sold the house, that kind of thing. And, and so, you know, there had to be something. And, uh, and you know, so that was, you know, the, the Lord did that, you know, he he just kept taking care of us. Uh, anything else that was that you guys think of that you haven't had a chance to talk about that was, you know, those years that was just kind of, it was, it was a hard thing.
3: I think that when we were talking about you guys telling us if you were like, that you were going to move to Louisiana and a lot of people asked Lauren and I, are you going too? And it wasn't even a question. I don't think we even, like re- for us, we were just like, well, of course, like we're going to go with our parents. And I, I don't even really know why. I think that the Lord is just leading us that way. And we were so, um, I think, amazed at what you guys were going to do. And we wanted to be there with you. And as time continued on, and it became harder and harder, the easy thing, and I think this kind of goes into what Lauren was saying, With it, it would have made sense for her to take the job at the Hill, but as time went on and things were getting harder, we couldn't leave. And I think you asked, like, what was so hard about Louisiana or what struggles did you have? And number one, it's really hard to watch people you love be sick, and Grandma and Grandpa were both sick. But it's also hard to watch your parents go through something that's so challenging. And I think that's why Warren, and I couldn't leave. Because of you guys. And we loved you guys. And what you guys were doing was one of the most amazing things we had ever seen. And it was so challenging to us. And we just knew that the Lord had us there with you. Tylen and I had gotten married a year later, so my life was different than Lauren's. I didn't live in the house. I didn't see all of the ins and outs, um, but I still felt it differently than she did, but I still felt it, and I just knew, and I was so thankful for Tylen and his willingness to want to come to Louisiana yeah. and stay there because, I mean, we could have gone and done anything else, and, I mean... We were young. We just got married. We could have moved anywhere. Um, But he came there, and it wasn't, like, the most magical place to be, but I think it was the best place to be, and it's where the Lord had us. And I think I learned a lot during that time that even though things can be really uncomfortable and really hard, it doesn't mean that it's not where the Lord has you. And I was very surprised, I think, to learn that you can be – so uncomfortable, but still completely at peace because it's where the Lord has you and it's what he's doing. And I learned that because of y'all's decision to move there and to take care of grandma and grandpa. And I think that our time there really changed me and it changed my faith and my relationship with the Lord. And as challenging as it was and as much as I don't ever want to do it again those six years... I am so thankful that we did it, and I know the Lord used it in my life in a really big way, and I know Lauren's too.
0: Okay.
3: And I, I think the
1: sacrifices, like just to just play off a little on what the kids were saying, I think for you and I, we saw the three of these kids sacrifice so much. So much, yeah. Um, I mean, monetarily, we can't even get started with how much they sacrificed you know, money wise, Um, they sacrificed time, they sacrificed energy, they sacrificed friendship, you know, just a life. They Mm -hmm. sacrificed so many things to just walk with us.
0: Yeah. And they were, they were, they made that sacrifice and all three of them were just a huge support. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, the Lord used them to, to, you know, to hold us up and walk with us on it. And yeah and yeah that was that was incredible to see family work like that together yeah. mm-hmm. was, uh, was 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 a neat blessing
3: cuz you guys were doing it for your parents you sacrificed a lot for them mm-hmm. and it only was right i think for us mm-hmm. to do the same and just the five of us and the bond that we all have now because yeah. of it we're very attached to each other <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: it, it springboarded just a family mini, uh, ministry, a family business, yeah, yeah. which um, has, you know, I'm sure it baffles people that we hang out together as much as we do mm-hmm. and work together as much as we do and still actually like each other. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's very rare, but I think the Lord used those years as a kind of training ground and just a good, good experience for us.
0: The, you know, the... It, I I wanted to say what are the good things, but I think we've talked about the good things, you know, in talking about the hard things. Yeah. Um, In the time that we have left, uh, I'd like for us to talk about, you know, just, you know, what was it like taking care of two ailing grandparents? And, um, and then of course, grandma died right at the beginning of all the COVID height, you know, and, and so getting into the hospital to be with her when she died was an absolute miracle. Um, and, then, and, and then what we got to do with Dad for the last, you know, year and a half or so of his life was, oh my goodness, what a blessing that was. But first of all, uh, s- some memories with Dad. You know, t- to move back and have to help take care of a man with Alzheimer's who is strong-headed, to begin with, and a and a, a go getter to begin with uh, was, I mean that was a job, you know. He dad had cancer, uh, lung cancer about twenty years ago, and you know everyone expected him, especially the doctors, to die. They took a third of one of his lungs, and and he went. His treatments were just horrific, and uh, you know the, I think at one point they did. Uh, they called Paul because they expected him to die because of his reaction to one of the treatments. And uh, Paul was, my brother, was, was uh, the, you know he was there in Louisiana living next door to him, and, uh, and so it was that bad. But he came out of that, and, uh, but because of the chemo treatments, one of the side effects, one would be something they call chemo brain, which is what we think probably accelerated the dementia, and then the other was uh, neuropathy where he lost the feeling in the bottom of his feet. And so his his uh, being able to move around started, you know, he started to have problems then and it just got worse and worse and worse till now, you know, toward the end here, he could not move at all. And so, you know, here we have this man who's, you know, close to 200 pounds that needs help. You know, we have to pick him up off the floor and, you know, he would never want me to do it. Because, you know, I'm not a big man, even in his, with his mind, not being right. He knew that this was going to be difficult for me. And he was always shocked when I could do it. Uh, but then he would pull these things, you know, like you hear from Alzheimer's pa- patients, what happens? You know, he'd pull these things sometimes like, where's dad? And, you know, we'd take off looking for him and, you know, he'd be coming back from the highway on his scooter, you know, he had two scooters, and the man's going down the highway, you know, down the shoulder of it, but he's going down it, and a you know, four-lane highway. And, you know, so you know, my brother, you know, he made sure to disable both scooters, and we just told him they're broke. Um, uh, you know, it, it, he was always wanting to do, always wanting to go, and he'd get up in the middle of the night, and sometimes, you know, Tylen, you would, and that just blew my mind, that he's not your grandfather, but you're there spending the night with him sometimes to, to, to watch him, to help take care of him. And, uh, and then you would take him to his favorite restaurant, which was...
4: Taco Bell.
0: Taco Bell. <laughs> well,
4: it just it always happened when you guys were gone. Yeah. I, like, he'd hurt himself or something, a couple times he had fallen, and then he was really having trouble walking and things like that. And so then it just... I feel like every time you guys left, something would happen. We and were then, in the
3: emergency room.
4: And then I'd, I'd be <laughs> over there one night, and Paul would be over there the next night, and it just it just always happened to be it was yeah. almost funny though it was yeah like i would i would leaving. go teach
0: at his hill or or somewhere and 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 you it became the joke as soon as we would arlene and i would leave we knew that something was going to happen yeah.
5: Yeah. or would, with grandma there would too. be a
2: hospital visit oh, for time. sure
3: yeah every time
0: i i would get phone calls you know we lived you know 15 steps away from mom and dad but i'd get a phone call in the middle of the night you know sleeping was hard because you just never knew what was going to happen but you know, Mom would say, "You know, Kelly, your your daddy's out in the yard," and I I have to go outside and you know talk to him and explain to him that it's the middle of the night and you know, Dad, we need to we need to get back inside. And you know, he was he, he was hard headed, and but he would come around to it and would get him inside. And, um,
1: I think I had a different role with them with all of that, and that was um, all the doctor visits. Yeah, and uh, I took that on. Um, took them to all their doctor visits. And my goodness, I sat through some very interesting doctor (laughs) visits. And I really, really, really don't want to repeat them. But they (laughs) were um, educational. But um, I just, you know, tried to help with their medications and try to keep track of, you know, what was going on and what the doctors were saying. Because it was pretty complicated between both your parents And their individual needs. Now I think something that was interesting about your dad is even in his Alzheimer's state, he knew that Marie was sick. Yeah. And he would often say, you know, oh, you know, he would (laughs) just he would kinda do that, oh, he just felt bad. She'd come home from dialysis and she'd be so tired and she'd just crawl in bed. And I think it was just really it was hard to see them suffering like they were physically because they had so much life in them. Like I know them as being just people that just lived life. You know, they were all, you know, grandpa, dad was, even even to write to to closer to the end, if you start a sentence out with, do you wanna, I mean, you don't even finish a sentence and it's gonna be, yep, you know, he was ready, whatever. Do you wanna, you know, do you wanna read the Bible? Do you wanna, you know, pray? Yep, yep. Do you wanna see some pictures? Yep. I mean, he was always ready to do and it was probably just really hard for me like the things that they did for us when we were newly married and you know all those trips that they took moving us back and forth from Canada to Louisiana and back and Mm -hmm. I mean they were always doing something so I think for me that was really sad that they were so stuck where they were in these bodies that just wouldn't let them wouldn't let them do anymore and and I think it was probably difficult seeing, just a first-hand look of how a spouse has to deal with their hu- their their husband that has Alzheimer's. Like mm. it is, it is not always pretty. We went to Alzheimer's support group meetings. We we listened to other um, wives, you know, share about dealing with their husbands who had Alzheimer's, and so those were kind of the earlier. The earlier years of uh, being in Louisiana, it was kind of filled with a lot of education, you know, trying to prepare ourselves for what, you know, we just finished watching happen to your dad here at the end, you know. But um, go ahead, Lauren.
2: Well, I was just going to say, but also with that, from my perspective, I also saw grandma very positive about it. Mm. She struggled. But she didn't like she didn't show it all the time. Yeah, that she was struggling. And I think that us coming over, that's when she would always want to giggle, right? Like she yeah. always did like she was tried to make it as positive as it could be yeah even though like something horrible would be going on, you know mm-hmm. some. Something would be happening, and we'd be calling somebody, <laughs> Uncle Paul or my dad. Somebody has to come over, and Grandma would be sitting in the living room, just giggling. <laughs> On was white couch, yeah. Laughing. She'd just be, and she'd just sit there, and she'd look at us, and come and sit down. And we're just, we're just <laughs> like, gonna sit I
3: and don't watch think I this. I want to come because. in here.
5: <laughs> so,
2: like, she, she, but she wouldn't be sitting there yeah. upset yeah. in the it's way right. that you yeah. would ex- expect, right. or. Yeah. Kind of be picturing. She
0: she faced the end mm-hmm. with incredible just grace. grace. Yeah. 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 Steadfastness. She yeah. knew it was coming to an end. Yeah. You know, she knew from the moment that she was diagnosed that this is, this will kill me. And she never, you know, sh- she just never seemed to wallow in, in that. Right. Um
1: Even through the last, I think like you guys talked about that already, the. The worrying that
0: yeah, she tended
1: something. to do in the very yeah. last month of her life. Well, at last few months of her life, she was not worried yeah, about a virus or, you know, like all of these things that could have really gotten her yeah. very disabled, you know, yeah. just in her mind. I remember mind. her telling
0: me, now, Kelly, I've decided I'm going shopping. <laughs> And I'm not going to wear a mask. No, 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 no. She says, I'm going shopping. Now, I will wear my mask.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This was when when April of 2020. Yeah, I don't think
0: she thought she needed to have one, but she goes, I will wear my mask. Mm. All right, And then she looks at me and says, are you okay with that? (laughs) (laughs) I just said, yes, ma'am. Well, she didn't
3: want us to stay away. No. She didn't want us to stay away from her. And Mm -hmm. those were the last three months of her life, and we didn't know it. But even the last month... I actually...
2: Another trip where everybody was in Texas. And the only people left were Madeline and I. This was lovely. This was not the smartest.
3: <laughs> looking was back, Tylan there?
2: No, he went to Texas oh, with them. Right. Oh, that's yeah. right. And does, we were does, like, does. as they drove away, Madeline and I were looking at each other going, yeah. what is going to happen now? Well, I had to take grandma to the emergency room mm-hmm. the A next day. Times. And so um, I remember driving her up, though, and she looked at me and she was very um, she was okay. I mean, she didn't feel good. There's a reason we were going to the emergency room, but she looked at me and she kind of went, well, I wonder if this is going to be it now. Hmm. And it wasn't, that trip wasn't, but it was the last month of her life and she wasn't doing well at that time. So she, she was not, um, She wasn't panicking or worrying Mm -mm -mm -hmm. at that time. Like she was like, as we drove to the hospital, she wasn't worried. She was just kind of like almost curious. Mm
3: -hmm. And she was like that the whole time, like the last month of her life where it was clearly, um, going to be the end. And I think she knew it, but she was so calm and just totally at peace. And I think that the thing that almost impacted me the most about our time there was her death. And, are we, are we getting to that point? No, go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> jump ahead. Um, and it was during COVID and no one was allowed in hospitals at that time. And she had spent a week in there by herself and we weren't allowed in. And then she came home for a couple days and then ended up back in the hospital right when a few um, restrictions had been lifted. And then we were... was it? One person was allowed in a day.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, and then when she passed away, miraculously, all of us were able to go into the hospital and be with her. And,
0: and a lot of people didn't want us in there. Yeah. And it's a long story, but you're right. Miraculously, we were able to all be there.
3: Yeah. And I had never been with a person right before they were going to pass away. And, It was honestly one of the coolest moments of my life, I think.
5: Because grandma was saved. Mm. And she was very at peace before going into the hospital. And then we all stood there with her. And I was just completely in awe that she was about to see Jesus. It just felt like such an honor to be in there and to be with her and that it just felt like a gift even though things had been really hard and it was hard to watch her suffer but just I was so thankful that her suffering was coming to an end and her real life was about to start and heaven just became such a real place to me. Um, yeah,
0: mm. yeah, I think that was a, th- 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 yeah, obviously that was a special moment for all of us because, you know, mom's last month was, uh, I think she, <laughs> she would say was a special month, you know, uh, the last couple of months maybe, uh, because COVID had hit, uh, churches were shutting down and everybody was going to live stream. And our church didn't live stream. They did stream, but they didn't live stream. So what we did is we would uh, we would come together at the house, and we would have our own Sunday school. Uh, and Grandma would show up, and she was always dressed up. Yeah, she was going to church. And uh, she, uh, she would come, and we'd sit around this table, and we would have a, a Bible study. We had our own Sunday school class. And, uh, you know, she would she would contribute to it and, uh, you know, you know, to the end, she was engaged with the Lord and, uh, I can remember her just being excited about things that she was learning, you know, in in those lessons. And then, uh, we have video of it. I, I videoed one time just us sitting there. She was excited to get to hear Charlie preach. Because uh, we would, we would, Bernie Bible live stream. So we watched their service. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can remember her sitting there, you know, the way she always sat so proper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could tell she was just so excited. Mm-hmm. And she would just sit there and, and, uh,
2: her feet couldn't even touch the floor. <laughs> yeah, they feet. would just be dangling on the side of the chair. <laughs> she was about 4'9, I think.
5: <laughs>
0: and, and, uh, mm-hmm. y- you know, just to, t- to be able to, because of her sickness she couldn't go to church that often often she just couldn't physically make it and isn't that something that covid hits shuts everything down and this woman was given a gift where she could go to church yeah mm-hmm. you know she could she could walk the 15 steps to our house and she could have fellowship with her family in the, in, in the word and sit through a service listening mm-hmm. to her favorite preacher mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and, and
1: she loved it Oh, she she looked yeah. forward to Sunday, I think. Yeah. yeah. Those she Sundays. She did. She
0: did. And, and that was such a blessing to me to yeah. see my mom just, you know, th- I think I look back over those six years and I'm so thankful for, um, for the visits that I didn't always want to take part in, <laughs> but so thankful for being able to spend time with my mom and my dad, um, it, it, you know, just talking about the Lord talking about things from the from the word. And I, I appreciated that. Uh, so yeah, mom passed away on uh, June 1st, 2020. And uh, we got to be with her. And we got to sing. We sang hymns in the room. We uh, prayed with her. She was unconscious. I think I was the last person in the family to actually have a good visit with her on on a Friday because we were having like Lauren Madeline said only one person a day could go in so I had a Friday and uh, I was with her when actually the the when things took a turn for the worse and but I had most of the day with her uh, before that happened and uh, then my sister in law Betsy was with her over the weekend and then on Monday morning she passed away um, but. It was uh, that that was special with mom. She passed away, and uh, the Lord just worked in our hearts like He did for us to move to Louisiana. He just worked in our hearts, and it was time to come back. And uh, long story, we're not going to get into all of that, but the Lord uh, worked it out for us to sell our house and uh, to be able to buy a place. Now, this was, I I won't go into detail, but I will say this much. Right now, uh, in the hill country of Texas, Fredericksburg is the most expensive place to buy a house. And people, you, those of you who know this area and you former students, you're gonna, you're gonna f- just, your mouth's gonna drop open when you hear this. Comfort is the second most expensive place to buy a house in the hill country. And uh, so we figured, well, we won't be moving to Fredericksburg and we won't be moving to Comfort, uh, but. Uh, the Lord just worked out an incredible miracle and we were able to buy a place here in comfort that has a, a shop in the back that was big enough for us to move our business into the owners also own the land behind us and they sold it to us. Uh, we were, we were able to, to, uh, to buy it, um, as, as a family, uh, the, the postmas bought, uh, the, 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 ba- the back lot, that's uh, that had a, a shop on it, and they converted that into this incredible house. And then Lauren was able to get the land between the Postmas and us, and uh, the Postmas. That's that's Tylen and Madeline, and then uh, and then Lauren was able to get the land between us. So now we have you know we, we have this you know we're all neighbors, and uh, it's just uh, amazing what the Lord did. But what was just incredible is when we moved here we were able to bring my dad with us. There is a, uh, a Christian uh, family in the area that brings in the, the sick and the elderly. And this precious family brought dad into their house. They live in Bernie, 20 minutes away from us. And we, would, we could go visit him any time we wanted to. In Louisiana, we had him in a a nice place. It was an assisted living place, and we had to put him in there because of how much care we were having to give mom. And mom being the primary caregiver to dad, she just, just, dad was so demanding, you know, and we were all working. We just couldn't do all of that. So we reluctantly put him into assisted living, and it was a a nice place. It was assisted living, not a nursing home. and uh, But what we moved him into here was just incredibly over the top compared to that. I mean, these people were, they're, they're believers. We'd walk into his room and we, we could come see him anytime. In the assisted living, we couldn't. We had to visit with him through a window. And yeah, dad told, yeah, yeah, because of COVID. And dad told me later, you know, he couldn't remember what happened 30 seconds ago, but he could remember that window. Mm-hmm. And he told me that that was, he says, everyone has to go through hard things in their life. And that one was mine. And, you know, I think about a man that grew up in in in, in the Depression you know, and and all that he had to go through in life, you know, just, just working through things. And for him to tell me that that window was his hard thing, that really impacted me. And he could remember that even though he had Alzheimer's. He couldn't remember 30 seconds ago, but he could remember that window. And uh, we were able to bring him into this home where we could – go into the home, go into his room, touch him, hug him, kiss him, talk with him, read the read the Bible with him, show him pictures, laugh because he made sure you laughed. And uh and that was that was really special for me, but but I think the the, the gift the Lord gave me at the end because dad had Alzheimer's. And you know, he was always in the word, but his mind was gone. And it was getting to the point now to where it, it was hard to make a spiritual connection with him. But there was two things. One, every time he asked my dad to pray, the Lord gave him enough clarity to pray. And the other was um, the last two visits I had with him, uh, I would quote scripture to him. And when I got to Galatians 2.20, his eyes got big and he started to quote it with me. And then the last time I got to be with him, uh, John 3.16, he started to quote that one. In Galatians 2.20, he quoted that one. And the Lord just gave that to me, that dad's still in there, and he's he's still walking with Jesus. And that was incredible for me. And that was... Uh, so, Dad passed away uh, on the fifth, and we had his funeral, and uh, in North Louisiana. And now, uh, it's a new new chapter. Uh, I haven't been here before. I haven't been to a place where the two people who've known me since I was born are no longer around. But the Lord has the, the Lord doesn't leave. He doesn't forsake. And I've got two parents that gave witness to that to their last breath. And I'm really, really thankful for that. Um, well, I've kind of wrapped it all up there just by giving the, the summary, but is there anything any of you wanted to say before we, before we end this?
3: When we were in Louisiana, I remember feeling almost disappointed that I didn't get to be with grandma and grandpa more on a day in day out basis before living there because they were so sick when we got there. And at first it felt like, oh, this is a bummer. Like, I wish I could have been with them more when they were healthy, not just over visits, but more of everyday life with them. But then as time went on and now that they have both passed away, I realized that it was really a gift that the Lord gave to be with them in those years that were really hard for them I think it just taught me so much, just watching them and their love for the Lord and their walk with the Lord and being with them as they um, were passing away. Lauren, Lauren and I got to be with grandpa as well. And just thinking about what truly matters in life and watching these older believers end life, I think was more impactful to me than being with them when they were healthy would have been, even though I spent lots of times with them when they were healthy, but just seeing them at the end was very challenging to me Mm. and how they finished their life.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to end it by um, just going around the table. And just uh, telling you guys just how the Lord used you in my heart, in my life, in those times. And Lauren, you know we've already talked about it when you made that decision to um, y- y- you could have escaped, <laughs> and when you made that decision to say yes to Jesus and uh, and, and be where He put you, uh, that was that that was a big deal for me. Uh, that was that was a huge sermon for me to to listen to. In in my own in my own trial of, of dealing with what was going on, and Madeline, uh, you know, there was a time when uh, you know, I mean, we haven't talked about it, but you know, I, I struggled a lot. You know, I had gone from vocational ministry to you know, floundering. You know, you know what what am I supposed to be doing? And it affected me in a big way, and it sent me into. Uh, some depression, and it, it caused me to start to act in ways that I had never acted before. And I remember walking in the back door one day and my family sitting in the living room, and Madeline looks at me. She's the aggressive one in the family. She looked at me, and she says, Dad, sit down. And I sat down, and you said, you are not acting right. What is going on? And that, that, that was a, that was a jolt. That I that I needed, and you you know you you led the conversation, and um, and you guys as a family, you know it was a uh, it was an intervention that I needed, that I needed to be fixed on Jesus, not just talk about it, but but be fixed on Jesus and live that way. Tylen, your sacrifice in leaving, you know what what you left to come there and to. You know, you're, you know, to, to to have to be a part of this mess that wasn't yours, you know, but you chose to marry into it and to just give of yourself like you did and continue to do, uh, has been, I can't begin to tell you how much of a blessing that's been to me and how the Lord has used you in my life. You know, you are more than, you know, you, you are really more than a son-in-law to me. You're, um. You know, you're like, you really are like a son to me. And that's, uh, you know, that's very special. I thank you for walking with me and and uh, putting up with me, you know, some, during some of those days when I'm just, you know, when I'm just dragging. And Arlene, my goodness, for you to stand with me and support me and to uh, to, to just, you know, hold me up when I needed to be held up and to help me think through and to constantly point me back to Jesus uh, has been, oh, I I, I just, uh, I cannot begin to, to thank you. And I've told people too that, you know, apart from Christ, you have been the most influential person in my life. And that's because of how Christ has used you. And so I love you and thank you for for uh, you know, being willing to go through all of that, to go with me, and to um, and to and and to just do the things that that you've done during this time, I am very mindful of it. And so, uh,
4: I just want to say, on behalf, I'm sure of all of us, though I know it was a hard time for you, but you ministered to us. I don't yeah. think we would have been able to, um, you know, you were leading us and. And um, an example for me, and I don't think any of us would have been able to um, grow in our relationship with the Lord like we did if we weren't seeing that in you, even though it was a hard time. um, You know, Madeline was saying about your parents and how hard it was, but how she felt like she learned so much in that. And, And just as I was sitting here thinking about it, I think often that's when we learn um, from the Lord but also from other people is seeing other people go through hard times and how they handle it and their response and their um, going, to, going to Jesus in the same way we could see that in you, we were going through a hard time but it was your parents mm. you know, it was their grandparents but it was your parents and yeah. that this was going on and you were having to deal with it a lot more than we were in helping yeah. them and so I just want to be clear that you know that as well it, you know, it wasn't it wasn't like we were there holding you up. You were there pointing us to Christ as well, and, and a huge example. So oh,
0: yeah. Praise the Lord. I, that's encouraging. I appreciate it. And so, folks, I guess really what we, now you know, uh, you know, really what's behind what has been the real drive uh, for me uh, with this podcast, and that we, you know, we always end it by saying, Keep, remember, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, because I think as a family, we can say that's exactly what the Lord has been working in our heart for these last eight years, six years in Louisiana and two years back here, that this, this is our privilege. This is what we were made for is to walk in fellowship with God and to be taken captive by him. And he's made that possible through his son, Jesus Christ. And so that's our encouragement to you all and no matter what you're facing no matter what you're going through be fixed on Jesus keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and move move in what he's laid before you thank you for listening and uh, if you want to get in touch with us you can do so if you just send an email to me kelly K-E-L-L-Y at hishill.org or you can DM me at uh, with uh, the Instagram account the his hill podcast If you don't type the in you won't find it so uh, the his hill podcast and if you want to get a message to any of these guys you can do it through me and uh, just appreciate you listening to this and again remember keep your eyes fixed on jesus
2: thank you for tuning in to the his hill podcast you've been listening to our host kelly doherty along with his family and their story about caring for kelly's parents over the last few years we hope the Doherty story about walking through the season together as a family and how God used it to enlarge their hearts was an encouragement to you. If you would like to get in touch with Kelly, you can contact him by email at kelly at hishill.org. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ alumni. Jesus does all things well, and he will hold you fast. Thanks again for tuning in.
5: I'm Lizzie, and we'll see you next week.